And welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pure Opelka podcast. It's Mike with you 27 days before Election Day. That's right. We will be voting on the 8th of November. Some of you voting earlier because you may live in a state that has the madness. Like I think Pennsylvania, just across the border from Delaware, where we live, I think Pennsylvania started voting at the end of September, which is nuts because John Fetterman's not going to allow a debate to happen against Dr. Oz until October 25th. Now that's madness. Two more weeks until the candidates will actually face each other. We'll get to that because I have some Fetterman clips that you have to hear. So much going on in our world today. So much. And uh, we, we do need to talk about history because history is so often a uh, determining factor in what happens in the future. On this date in 1811, New York City and Hoboken, New Jersey, were finally connected by a steam-powered ferry, which started that daily commute, I guess, from Jersey to New York and back, and made Hoboken a bustling little town. In 1906, the San Francisco School Board ordered segregation of school kids over outrage that Japanese kids were in the classrooms. San Francisco was separating races in the early part of the 20th century, and now San Francisco yesterday, a Democrat, of course it was a Democrat, said that he does not want the Blue Angels flying over San Francisco. Really? Seriously? You fixed all the problems, all the needles and poop are up off the streets in San Francisco, and so you can worry about the Blue Angels, one of the greatest flying teams in the history of flying teams. If you've never seen them, try whenever they are in your area. And there's plenty of great videos out there, too. On this date in 1968, Apollo 7 launched. Why is that important? It was the first manned Apollo mission Three astronauts up in the sky, and we were getting ready for our push to the moon. Apollo 7. In 1971, three years later, John Lennon's Imagine was released, and now it's been ruined by the Democrats and New York City's New Year's Eve celebration when they dropped the ball. They've just destroyed it for me. And speaking of destroying, 1975, Bill and Hillary Clinton got married in Arkansas. Hmm. Also, that same day, Saturday Night Live debuted. George Carlin was the guest host and SNL was funny. Nowadays, SNL refers to still not laughing. We're still not laughing as all you've become is a uh, political tool. 1991, the Senate confirmation hearings for the Supreme Court nomination of Clarence Thomas began. Biden was leading the attacks on Clarence Thomas. Should have been ashamed of himself. If you have not seen the Clarence Thomas documentary, Clarence Thomas in his own words, you really should. It is wonderful. A wonderful, wonderful documentary about a great man. All right, let's see what's going on today. Joe Biden's underwater, meaning below 50% in all the polling of the 10 Top 10 priorities of Americans. All of them. That means nobody likes what he's up to. And we don't like where we're going. It's very troubling. Very troubling indeed. 
and Biden's expected to negotiate a settlement between Russia and Ukraine? I don't think so. Joe yesterday promised even more advanced air defense systems to Ukraine. Why didn't we send those earlier when it looked like Russia was going to be in for the long haul? And I'm sure we could have figured it out two, three, four, five, six, seven months ago. Why didn't we get them some kind of technology like we got to uh, blast the Scud missiles out of the sky when Saddam Hussein was sending them our way? Like we we developed with the Israelis in the Iron Dome? Why didn't we do that then? I don't understand why. Meanwhile, the Russians are bombing urban centers and uh, they hit the German consulate in Kiev or Kiev. Are they doing that because... They want to teach Germany a lesson. Did Germany bomb their pipeline? I wonder. Interesting. Donald Trump has asked uh, CNN to prove that what they call the big lie about the 2020 election is false. Since every day it seems like we're getting more and more information that um, there was a whole lot of messing with the 2020 election. A whole bunch of it. And not just from the the evidence we saw in 2000 Mules, which that's another film. If you haven't seen it, you should see it. You should get on it. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, I'll get back to Donald Trump because I have something fabulous from uh, Mr. Trump as it relates to uh, Cary Lake in Arizona. Uh, Joe Biden. Joe Biden took all that credit on 60 Minutes for negotiating a deal with the rail unions so they could prevent a national rail strike. Huh. And a lot of people said, let's wait and see what happens because the rank and file has to vote to accept it. And sure enough, the rank and file voted not to accept it. So now the threat of a rail strike going into the holidays is a very real thing. And remember, those workers were getting a 20, I think it was a 24 percent raise and five thousand dollars in bonuses. A $1,000 bonus every year. Did you get a 24% raise? Did you get a $5,000 bonus guaranteed? No. No. And they still say it's not enough. So good job, Joey. Good job, pal. Boy, this guy's incompetent. And speaking of incompetent, uh, there's plenty of incompetence going around this uh, administration. But what did you expect? Because three years ago today, Joe Biden was campaigning for this job and he was on a CNN town hall with Anderson Cooper. Did we expect the guy to have any kind of competence after this? Remember, Anderson, back 15, 20 years ago about this in in, in San Francisco was all about, well, you know, gay, gay, gay bathhouses and it's all about round the clock sex. It's all. Come on, man. Come on, man. Why would your brain go there, Joe? Round-the-clock sex, gay bathhouses. I'm sure Anderson Cooper was really comfortable with that. And on the incompetence topic, Kamala Harris was making the rounds again, doing late-night talk shows. This time she was with Seth Meyers because we know that's where all the real tough political questions happen. No, this was all about pumping up the Democrat agenda. Kamala 
sounding as intelligent as ever. And by intelligent, I mean idiotic as ever. But I mean, truly, when you, you know, when you see our kids, and I truly believe that they are our children, they are the children of our country, of our communities. No, they're the children of their families. Stop trying to do this socialist thing. Stop trying to do the Soviet Union thing. Give me the children. Yeah, this is where they're going. Trying to claim that the kids are everyone's kids. No, they're the children of the parents who gave birth to them. If their parents are not around, then they are the children of that immediate family. Let's go back and hear her say that again, because they are pushing this agenda. I mean, truly, when you, you know, when you when you see our kids and I truly believe that they are our children, they are the children of our country, of our communities. No, I, I mean, our future is really bright if we if we prioritize them. Yeah, let's prioritize them. Let's teach them how to read and write. Let's teach them math and science and critical thinking. That's what you want to teach them, right? And therefore prioritize the climate crisis and the need to... But I mean... Uh, yeah, everything comes back to climate crisis, doesn't it? These people are nuts. Absolutely nuts. And uh, she doesn't understand irony, I guess. Otherwise, she wouldn't have said something like this last night. And I just think it's an absolute dereliction of duty if you see a problem and if we agree that that we need to address it then if you're a leader participate in a solution so if you see a problem like oh, I, I don't know a couple million people crossing a border illegally drugs sex trafficking going on all kinds of problems on the southern border and you're in charge of it Maybe you should do something about it. Maybe last week you were in Austin, Texas, speechifying Austin, Texas, not far from the border, especially when you have your own plane that we pay for. It was less than an hour of a flight time from Austin to the southern border to the Rio Grande Valley. But no, she didn't go there. So, yeah, I guess it is a dereliction of duty. So she got that one right. We will give her that one. My God, these people are idiots. Speaking of idiots, as I look ahead to the midterms, 27 days away, we look at some critical states like the state of Ohio, where uh, Tim Ryan wants to be a senator now. He's been a, a, a member of the House of Representatives for the Democrats for a while now, and he's he's been... Um, Dreaming of an upgrade to the Senate. Tim Ryan, who uh, loves Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. And he's a he's a huge suck up. But uh, last night's debate with Tim Ryan. Sounding like an absolute jack wagon on the, the debate stage against J.D. Vance, who is obviously the Trump endorsed Republican candidate, a guy who has a military background, Tim Ryan last night in Ohio. Ohio needs an ass kicker, not an ass kisser. You've said that you don't like Nancy Pelosi, you love Nancy I Pelosi, love yeah. that you have a lot of respect for yeah. her, uh, both as an individual member of Congress and the way that she has led. What would you do so differently? Yeah, I, I do love her. Two real quick stories, because Senator Schumer's here and I want to make sure he's my future boss, so I got to 
suck up a little bit here. This guy is nothing other than a politician who cannot function in the real world. Another one of these guys who thinks he needs to live off of us. Hmm. J.D. Vance had some interesting responses to some of the debate questions last night and uh, delivered a little bit of a gut punch to Tim Ryan when they were talking about the oil and gas industry. You see, Ryan has long been against fossil fuels and now suddenly is sprinting to the middle to try and get votes because the race is very tight. Tim Ryan just told a big fib. He said he supported Ohio's natural gas industry, and he's always done so. And yet Tim Ryan, when he ran for president, was it two years ago, you supported banning fracking, both on public lands and generally speaking. That crushes the Ohio energy sector, and that's one of the reasons why manufacturers are going to China. That's right. They're leaving the state. Ohio has a lot of natural resources that J.D. Vance would allow the oil companies, the energy companies, to harvest them and put them into the market. Tim Ryan would do whatever the Democrats tell him. Don't do that. Do this. Yeah, he will. The other race that's getting uh, tighter and tighter and tighter is the um, Dr. Oz versus John Fetterman race. And Mr. Fetterman had a very nasty stroke in May just a few days before the uh, primary, which he won. But the effects of that stroke continue to bother him. But it's his policies that are the biggest problem. His policies need to be brought up at every turn. And earlier this year, Fetterman has said how proud he is to be on the same ticket, part of the same party as Joe Biden. But he's not exactly using Biden out on the campaign trail, is he? No, none of these people want Biden with them. Now, they marched in a uh, Labor Day parade, but they weren't standing arm in arm, clasping hands over their heads and cheering each other on. No, that didn't happen. But Fetterman has made some pretty crazy, crazy statements about Joe Biden. In fact, just recently, he was on a podcast and was asked, uh, should Joe Biden run again? Should uh, Joe Biden run again in 2024? I think that should be a decision made by Joe Biden. And and that's it's not a matter uh, anyone's choice other than his. And and I respect whatever choice he decides. Should Yeah, Joe Biden. Joe Biden. It should be a decision made by Joe Biden. Joe Biden. He has a problem. His brain is not working right yet. And some would say it's not working at all. In January, though, uh, Fetterman was eager to call John. John Fetterman was eager to call Joe Biden an enormous asset. He's an enormous asset. I mean, look at what he's been able to accomplish in terms of getting hundreds of millions of dollars, excuse me, hundreds of millions of shots in arms and getting important life-changing legislation passed, just like the infrastructure bill. Mm -hmm. Joe Biden, I was proud to, to stand with him at the site of the bridge collapse and because he gets it. I mean, this is, a, this is a man, as I said earlier, that ran on infrastructure and as president delivered on infrastructure and then showed up hours after it happened to drive home the importance of infrastructure. So, you know, every Democrat is going to be proud to stand with Joe Biden. Wait, what? Every Democrat is going to be proud to stand with Joe Biden? 
I would roll the tapes of Democrats distancing themselves from Joe Biden, but it's a brief podcast today. We don't have enough time for that. What a fraud this guy is. Yesterday, also, um, we found a posting that talked about Mr. Fetterman and uh, what he has to do. And this was on the RNC Research Twitter site, which you should follow them. RNC Research, at RNC Research. And it talks about a reporter connecting with Mr. Fetterman and saying, quote, we spoke using Google Meet because the stroke made it difficult for him to process what he hears. The video chat has closed caption technology that allows him to read my questions in real time. Now, is John Fetterman's brain so broken that everything will have to be closed captioned for him? Will he be able to actually do the job? It certainly sounds like he's not ready yet. He's not ready to come back. Now, if an NFL player has a concussion and we allow that player back on the field and they have another concussion, they could lose their life. They could lose their faculties. And should we not say the same of John Fetterman, who's had a a brain injury? Should he be allowed back in the game? Hmm. Interesting, right? Maybe Joe Bin can answer that question. The other race that's kind of interesting because it's gotten really nasty is the uh, Georgia Senate race, where Pastor Raphael Warnock is facing off against Herschel Walker. Raphael Warnock won that uh, Senate seat two years ago, and now he's having to run again. It was a special election, and we never should have lost that seat. However, Warnock's church, Ebenezer Baptist Church, owns an apartment building where residents are being served eviction notices for um, as little as $28.55 in past due rent. And meanwhile, Senator Warnock is also being supported by his church, Ebenezer Baptist Church, with a um, salary and a generous $7,417 monthly housing allowance. So they're evicting people from this, this low-income apartment building but they're paying Warnock $7,400 in addition to his salary as a, as a pastor. They're uh, giving him $7,400 in a monthly housing allowance. Hmm. Sounds like there's an ethical problem in the Democratic Party. A big ethical problem in the Democratic Party. But, you know, they don't want you to talk about that. They don't want you to get into that. That's really, that's really not appropriate for us to talk about. 27 days away from the midterm elections. We have to finish the job. We have to get across the finish line, take back the House, take back the Senate. Things look good in so many places. But the Democrats aren't above trying to cheat. Colorado got caught yesterday sending out postcards to non-citizens encouraging them to register to vote. Oops. Oopsie. Really? You can look it up. The story's out there. 
And Mike Bloomberg, the guy who faked being a Republican so he could run for mayor of New York and then did win and then announced that he's really a Democrat. Mike Bloomberg, the billionaire, is now using his money to try and make a dent in the uh, Michigan governor's race where Governor Whitmer's in trouble. So Bloomberg has poured $2.3 million into um, the race against Tudor Dixon, who would be a great governor. We shall see. There's also a weird story happening out in Oregon where uh, Nike's Phil Knight, a guy I always looked at as a liberal, has donated a million dollars to the campaign of a Republican running to become the governor of the state of Oregon, where it's almost a given that it's going to be a Democrat. But Christine Drazen suddenly has support from Phil Knight, and wouldn't that be amazing? Not a big fan of Nike. Not a big fan of Nike at all. Uh, a few other things I want to get to before we get Jim Stovall in here. Jim Stovall is uh, going to visit us with a uh, Winner's Wisdom column that uh, is just fantastic today. We're going to talk about it. Uh, there's a couple of other weird stories I have to bring up. What in the fresh hell's going on with Madonna? If you haven't looked at the page six articles in the New York Post, uh, can we get an intervention and tell Madonna you're done with plastic surgeries? It's really embarrassing. She's 64 years old and it's just getting crazy. Somebody's got to talk to Madonna. Uh, Gavin Newsom, the guy who wants to be the Democrats nominee in 2024, once they convince Joe he's not running again. And trust me, that's what's going to happen. Gavin Newsom signed a bill in California banning the plastic produce bags at the grocery store. You know, the ones that you if you get more than one of anything in the produce department, you put it in the little thin plastic bag that usually is only strong enough to make it home. And then it rips and tears and falls apart. Gavin Newsom signed a uh, bill banning those. Last week, we told you there was a scientific discovery of wax worms and their saliva, which breaks down those plastic bags virtually in hours. So why are we spending time doing this, California? Have you fixed every other problem? No, you haven't. Not at all. Other weird stories happening. Uh, if you wear an Apple Watch or carry an Apple iPhone, one of the more recent ones, some of the crash detection or fall detection functions on those devices is triggering alarms on roller coasters around the country. You know, Apple has a thing. You can turn it on if you fall down. It's like Mrs. Fletcher. I've fallen. I can't get up. But it's your Apple Watch doing that. And your car has the same thing. It'll call 911 automatically if your car crashes well if that's turned on on your phone and you're on a roller coaster you might be creating some pretty big problems just kind of funny they're working on it trying to figure it out right now how to fix it and i think my favorite story of the day because the whole gender madness has just gone over the top lately you know we live in a country with halloween coming up where your kid cannot pretend to be an Indian, but a grown man can pretend to be a woman. So yesterday we learned that trans women, in other words, men who are pretending to be women, those trans women, when they turn 18, have to sign up for selective service and the draft. 
And I just started laughing about it because it's perfect, right? Yes, it is. All right, let's get uh, Jim Stovall in here. It's Michael Pelka with you on the Piero Pelka podcast. Every week, pretty much every week, I get to spend time with one of the brightest lights in my world and probably in, in this entire world is Jim Stovall. Jim is a brilliant writer, a great speaker. He is an author of more than 70 books. He's an innovator, a philanthropist, and he spends time with us discussing his weekly Winner's Wisdom column, which you can get, and it shows up in your mailbox for free. I'll tell you at the end of the segment here how to do that. It's so, so easy. But, uh, Jim, I want to thank you again for being here. Always good for our little weekly checkup from the neck up here. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel like I need to give you a copay for the weekly inspiration and therapy that you dole out. Uh, it feels like it's for me, but everybody gets to take advantage of it. Uh, I, and honestly, Jim, when I read this week's column, I never thought that you and I would be talking about carpentry. But here we are talking about carpentry from this week's lesson. Yeah, not a lot of blind guys talk about carpentry, but <laughs> I come from a family, and my grandfather, my father, my brother are all great carpenters. They can make stuff. And even when I could see as a teenager, you know, and you'd go to wood shop class and, uh, you know, and make something that nobody ever wanted anyway, my brothers always came out looking like the teacher's model. And mine looked like it had been run over by a train or something. It was just terrific. And uh, so, you know, but I, I did not learn any of those skills. And, you know, today I do what I do, and my brother runs an $80 million construction company, and they build hospitals and hotels and all these other things. And, uh, and uh, I have a list of people. When the least little thing goes wrong, I call somebody. But that's my life. But I did learn some things from uh, the carpenters in my family that I think applies to all of us. And, uh, you know, first, uh, the, the principle, you measure twice, cut once. That, that really works in a lot of areas uh, of life, of success, of things uh, to measure twice, cut once. And then the concept of, you know, there's a right way and a wrong way to do everything. And if you don't have time to do it right, when are you going to have time to do it over? And then my late great friend and colleague, Dr. Stephen Covey, in his Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, gave us the great carpentry lesson. If you're cutting a tree or cutting a board or something and trying to get it done as quickly as possible, sometime the most expedient way to go is stop and sharpen your saw. And for you and me and most of the people listening to us, we don't work with a saw every day, but we do have a mind, a body, and a spirit that we have got to keep sharpened at all times and take care of our tools. We are our primary tool. So sometimes you have to stop and, uh, and take a break and sharpen your saw a bit. Yeah, I'm all for that. And um, I, I don't want to challenge Mr. Covey, but I, I actually have on my desktop a a little sticker from Abe Lincoln that said, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I'll spend the first four sharpening my axe. And I've, I've always uh, used that and said, like you're saying here with and Dr. Stephen Covey as well. Um, well, I think, I think most of your listeners would agree, you know, you could use more focus on being sharper. And I think that's important <laughs> for you to have that right there at your elbow all day. <laughs> Very good. Turning my own Lincoln inspiration around on me. Uh, well, this this does dive into 
the important lesson of making sure that you have all the tools to do the work that you choose to do and that those tools are well taken care of and well maintained. Yeah, I mean, there are so many things we don't, you know, our parents, our grandparents lived in a world where we got paid for doing things. That's how they got paid for the things they did. Today, we get paid for what we know. We know how to do certain, we know knowledge. We, and so, and it's, it's, it's a constant sharpening, really, for, for people here in the 21st century. I mean, you could have been state-of-the-art in 2010, and you're a dinosaur right now. I mean, you are an absolute dinosaur. So, uh, you know, you have to continually read. Uh, I founded the Stovall Center for Entrepreneurship at our university here, and I work with the kids on a regular basis, and I tell them, you know, if you think you're going to get out of here, get your degree in four years, and uh, you are now educated, no, it's there's a reason they call graduation the commencement. It, it begins your education, and this is a lifelong thing, or you'll be out of date. And, um, and my father is 91 years old, lives at a retirement center. And, you know, you, you can see people there when I go visit him. They're in the library. You know, they're taking classes. They're continuing to learn. And they're young, into their 90s, some of them even over 100. And they, they still are youthful, energized, excited. And then some of the workers that work there, they're in their 30s and 40s. And, uh, wow, they quit learning when they got out of high school. And uh, you can just tell, I mean, that's what keeps us energized and moving ahead and makes us relevant in the world today. And that relevancy cannot be underscored enough that if you want to remain relevant and you want to remain vital, you have to keep learning and you have to keep all of your tools sharp. The most important one between your ears. Uh, was it you, Jim, that keeps telling me the the most important six inches in any sport is between your ears, that space between your ears? Yeah, I've said that, but I, I can imagine a number of people have pointed that out to you, Mike, that uh, that's a vital area that you need to focus upon. <laughs> and I try. I try each and every week. That's why I keep bugging you, so that we could talk and you could keep me on the path. But I do, I do appreciate this lesson. It is so important. We all get certain tools, and we're all – given those tools by our creator and how we advance or how we succeed depends on how we use those tools, how we take care of those tools and how we apply them every single day at every opportunity. And Jim Stovall is one such guy who's given us uh, a great tool with the winner's wisdom column. It's available each and every week. If you go to jimstovall.com and you put in your email address, it'll show up in your inbox and then you can have your own personal time with Jim every week with the column. My friend, I appreciate you more than I'll ever be able to tell you, but I'm, I'm hoping you'll come back again next week, too. I will look forward to it, and until then, just stay sharp, Mike. <laughs> A little extra stuff today. While I was talking to Jim Stovall for the podcast, some news broke. And I also neglected to finish one of the other stories I teased earlier. The news that broke is going to have serious implications for Democrats. I don't know if it's going to do anything to Republicans, but it will have serious implications for Democrats because a major voice in the Democrat Party, a former presidential candidate in uh, 2020, has left the party. 
and is encouraging other people to do so. Of course, I'm talking about Tulsi Gabbard. And in case you missed her basically one minute and 15 second message that popped early this morning, here's what she said. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who are driven by cowardly wokeness, who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution, who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, who demonize the police but protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, and above all, who are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Now, I believe in a government that's of the people, by the people, and for the people. Unfortunately, today's Democratic Party does not. Instead, it stands for a government that is of, by, and for the powerful elite. Now, I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent-minded Democrats to join me in leaving the Democratic Party. If you can no longer stomach the direction that the so-called woke Democratic Party ideologues are taking our country, then I invite you to join me. She speaks to a lot of reasonable people, not just in the Democrat Party, but in the Republican Party, in the non-party affiliated voter. Wow, that's a big stinking deal. And it's going to hurt the Democrats in the midterms. I guarantee you that will resonate. She'll get a lot of TV time on this. Of course, CNN and MSNBC will probably run away from her or minimize it. We'll keep an eye on that for you. And the other story I should have gotten to sooner was uh, the story about Carrie Lake, one of two women hoping to be governor of the state of Arizona. Carrie Lake, of course, being the Donald Trump endorsed Republican and her opponent, Katie, who doesn't want to debate her, who's running like a dog away from Carrie Lake. And, and why wouldn't you? She's just brilliant. Uh, Carrie Lake is uh, is getting some interesting advice from people. She shared that information with the world when she appeared on stage Saturday night with Donald Trump and shared this information. Now, I got to tell you, I have some of these know-nothing consultants who tell me, you know, you really need to back away from President Trump right now. And I say to them, put down Hunter's crack pipe right now. Perfect answer. Epic response. And I hope she is the governor of the state of Arizona. But I also predict she is destined for a larger stage. Possibly someone's running mate in 2024. Donald Trump makes a lot of appearances with Carrie Lake. Interesting, right? We'll debate it as the dates approach. All right, I have to get out of here. Uh, more coming tomorrow, including Dr. Roizen and some Wellness Wednesday stuff. And, of course, fun with bad audio from Democrats. Till next time, testudo, my friends. Testudo.